0: It's the Super 90s Brothers!
1: Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, where we do hazy memory riffs on the most Shakespearean decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't know what to say about this movie other than I love it, Adam. You made us do this movie. I didn't make us do anything. I gave you a I gave you a list of you gave no, me a list of movies we could you could do and I gave you the ones I wanted to do. I sent him like a list of 50 movies and he responded back with like 3 saying I could do these 3. Well, I thought you, we I mean we're trying to talk about what we I mean what we're going to do soon. I mean, I, yeah, I could do a lot of those, but I I wanted to give you back what I could do today. Well the point of the exercise was so I knew all the movies you could do. Okay. Well, I'll 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 go I'll go re look at that list and then we will and I will come back with at least 10 that I can do. 10 thing, 10 movies you can do about podcasting. Yes. 10 things I love about 90s movies. Ow. Took me way too long to think of that. Yeah, that was i'm not not, you know i'm not suspense i'm not the quickest person adam (laughs) i'm not the quickest (laughs) i was always the kid in the bus that like would get made fun of and i'd be like but uh, your mom oh so you're trying to do a snappy comeback well i wasn't yeah i I mean that's what i was trying to do i was trying to come up with something you know off the off the top of my head speaking of tops of heads and tops of podcast charts where we want
0: to be and you can help us out by giving us those awesome five-star reviews on apple itunes music and all the podcast platforms um email the show super 90s brothers at gmail.com all spelled out at super 90s brothers brennan is at spocast pods adam check us out
1: all the socials interact with us do it now yeah no please i please send us some recommendations uh you know what you're doing? What you miss about the '90s? What you're doing? I don't. That's. I don't want. Don't send me what you're doing, please. Please don't do that. Today I'm, I cleaned the house. Today I was washing windows and a bird flew by. Uh, Beer burnet
0: slash penthouse. <laughs>
1: uh, but you know what you could do also is you could go to lilaccitycon.com and you can buy tickets to the Lilac City Comic Con where. Wow. We're gonna be at doing a live show, and uh, you know, and we'll be we'll have a we'll be out with the other exhibitors, and it's on June 10th and 11th uh, in Spokane, and I, I'm just I'm very much looking forward to it and meeting a bunch of new friends, and uh, hopefully, you know, getting getting some new listeners. It's really unlike brennan to go out amongst the common unwashed
0: like the the idea that you the people can have access to him is like this is a big
1: deal like he's really coming out of his comfort zone to meet you guys uh that's true yeah i usually don't go and spend any time with the public yeah he hates the public
0: really i i i do i do but, but uh if you listen to this you're not just the public you're a set of listeners which makes you cool in our book and if you want to become new listeners by meeting us at the comic-con then yeah, fuck yeah, we'll welcome you in with our big 90s brothers family arms.
1: Absolutely. We'll we'll be taking, I'll be taking pictures with people. I'm sure that's like going to be a top request there. I'll be signing things. I'm looking forward to it and yeah, you should all come and got to thank Nathan O'Brien, the director of, uh, of Lilac City Comic Con and um, there's gonna, there's, there's something for everyone at this con. So.
0: Yeah. So come check us out live and hear a special performance at, lilac city comic-con in spokane june 10th and 11th um but now what i want you guys to do is travel all back in time for a moment picture yourself it's early 1999 a new york city councilman is protesting nine dollar and 50 cent movie tickets hey Pal was voted one of the top 10 dumbest ideas on the internet and the radio starts playing i found the trees over the
1: Was the number twenty eight song in the U.S. at the time "Fly Away" by Lenny Kravitz? Ow! Oh man, that brings back some some good memories of. Uh, I love that song. Tell me about your memories of the song, Brennan. You know when you know it's very often I I don't typically know like I think it's the early nineties v- videos that I don't really remember that well. But I don't know. It must have been this time. Of my life, where in the in the late '90s, especially 1999, you know, I'm I'm a young man. I'm going going to high school and watching these music videos. They were just like a lot of there's a lot of sexual things happening in this music video, and I, you know, it, it very much uh was impressionable to a to a young Brennan. So you were you were sitting around watching music videos, liking the girls. There's like a there's literally a girl on this that's like it, it looks like she's having like writing a man but i don't think she is (laughs) it's dancing brennan (laughs) but she's like on a couch too (laughs) it's a very it's a very uh yeah there's a lot going on there's not a lot going on this video it's a lot of there's a lot of sexual yeah there's a lot of sexual uh undertones in this in this video this is kind of one of my least favorite kinds of videos
0: where Mm. there's just people dancing and like partying intercut with somebody singing the words of the song i'm like pretty uninterested in those kind of videos they look like they're at a rave or a club or something and the songs are like intercut with shots of what looks like kind of like an orgy room Mm -hmm. i think people are like making out and girls are getting topless and people are grinding and what's funny is that the room is decorated like my old basement in spokane totally yeah
1: you have that uh, yeah a wood panel like basement yep that was it you had a lot Um, of orgies down there i I feel like yeah yeah it was a good time it was you know (laughs) the aughts uh, A little later than the 90s, but still orgy worthy. Uh, I what you, One of your notes in here is that Lenny Kravitz is 24, and I feel like he seems so old at the time, but he was only 24 then. But he, like, Lenny Kravitz does not age. Like, he looks the same today as he did back then, probably, if, if not little bit better now
0: what was he trying to get away from like he's 24 years old he's this good looking rich son of like famous people he's he's wrote he wrote the song in the fucking bahamas like he's writing i want to get away while he's in the
1: bahamas um i think it's about doing drugs and like you know i want to fly away like i want to like i want to take a drug and like just get away at him you know he's going to fly above the seas and over trees and... Seems like the
0: late nineties were like the peak of the market for songs about flying.
1: <laughs> what are the
0: other songs? The, you know, um, free falling, you know, the, that Michael Jordan, I believe I can fly. Mm. There's, there's gotta be at least two others that are just on the edge of my consciousness right now.
1: I think people are just obsessed with like flying. Like if, if there was like a superpower I could have like top five lists, like flying would definitely be one of them.
0: I mean, no, you don't even get to five. Maybe if you're not, if you're, if you have three wishes, Mm. anybody in this world, if you've got three wishes and you're not flying on them, you're like doing it wrong. Yeah. Flying is like, it would be the coolest, most convenient, awesomest thing you could add to your life right now. How much you'd reduce your carbon footprint, by the way.
1: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you could, if I could just fly to home, like it would yeah, make life, life easy.
0: You know how like the. So maybe you don't know this, but the French, they pee in the streets. Mm. Like, French men just whip it out and pee down the side of the streets in, like, Paris. Okay. So, like, the drains, you know, for, like, uh, storm drains, they'll just pee in them. If they all had wings, they would pee on everybody is the problem, is what I was getting at. Whereas, I was trying to envision a society where we're all flying to reduce our carbon footprints, and I was thinking those fucking French would be peeing all over everybody.
1: Well, you know, if you fly high enough, the... It would spread out enough and it wouldn't really you know it wouldn't really hit much like because there's a you know a a stream would just like kind of like spread out right i'm not taking like a french pee shower but like any (laughs) little like sprinkle on me is unacceptable i don't want any french urine on me (laughs) i mean if there's any type of urine to be on anyone i think french urine would probably be high up there (laughs) oh wow it's 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 rather low on my list and i've ranked I've ranked the continent's urines and and
0: how they might feel in my skin before. And France is pretty low, let me tell you. Oh, wow. Uh... Yeah, it was was a dark night. (laughs) Speaking of uh, wanting to get away from French piss, wanting to get away is what I wanted to do when Brennan told me to review this movie, if I'm being honest. Like... (laughs) Let me just say, of those 50 films I gave Brennan that I said I could do a show on, he responds back with like three. And if I'm ranking the girliest movies of those 50 films, Brennan picked one, two, and three. And I'm like, I'm looking at
1: this list and going, Brennan is such a girl. He only wants to do like the romance movies. I, I don't know what it is, Adam. It's just I'm drawn more to these type of movies just because I rewatch them. So I mean, I've rewatched 10 Things I Hate About You. A handful of times. So, like, it's something that I know very well. And typically, when we do these, do these, do this show, like, I, it's better if I know the, the content of the movie very, very inside and out. It's much better when you know it, which is why I agree to keep doing it. But,
0: but you should have seen my little disappointed face when I saw, like, of the 50 options I give you, you send back the three girliest ones, I'm thinking, ugh. Cause I, like, I gotta watch them. I, I gotta, like, I'm not loving any of them.
1: We're gonna do them, but. I mean, but this is where we're the best is when we're doing stuff that you hate too, because if you can tear something apart, and I can like talk about how much I love it, that's that's the dichotomy everybody is looking for, Adam.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say hate this movie or anything. It's just yeah. Anyway, yeah. you'll you'll find out my thoughts. Okay. Um,
1: but uh, how old were you when you first saw this movie? Well, I mean, I I must have been fourteen. Yeah, I mean, it came out in uh, March. Do you say March of? Uh... Uh, 1999. March, 1999 yeah so i would have been we would have been freshmen in high school and i you know I, I i must have saw this movie in the theater but i don't have a like a a strong memory of seeing it. it is also coming out around the same time that uh the matrix came out so my sister took me to this movie oh she did uh, yeah we went and saw it the theater and i really wanted to see it because larissa olanik was uh, Secret word of world of Alex Mech. We did that episode. Like that was one of our very first episodes. I think we deleted it because the audio sucked, though. Oh, that's probably true. We might need to redo it. Yeah, we should.
0: We should redo all those shitty audio ones based on feedback I've gotten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I really. Besides Larissa Olenek, I, I don't think I knew anyone else in this in this movie. Like, I wasn't really like wasn't like I really loved Joseph Gordon-Levitt or. I mean, I didn't really. No one knew who Heath Ledger was at the time, and did not really care about. I mean, I still don't really care about Julia Stiles. I really don't care at all about Julia Stiles to this moment in time.
0: That and her humongous forehead. <laughs> she's she's even low. I would rather have French pee on me than Julia Stiles pee on me. <laughs> and that did come up that night when we were ranking them. By the way, that's not off the cuff. That's in the official list, the one that's laminated in my bathroom.
1: You know, this movie, like most movies that are like take place in like high schools, like it, it really is like the the characters in it are like especially Joseph Gordon-Levitt like that's who I wanted to be in high school I wanted to be the the funny every man and like I and I think this movie just left a really big impression on me just because like I wanted to live this life in high school and and it it was also like it was in based in Seattle which I was familiar with but I was like oh man I want to go live in Seattle and I I wanted I wanted to be like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Heath Ledger because they seemed like cool people the kind of model my myself as but like joseph gordon levitt or heath
0: leather in high school everybody like there's like almost absolutely nothing
1: yeah joseph gordon levitt was very smart in this movie and heath ledger was like a hunk and i was neither of those things so well Heath Ledger's also like you know he's like the the bad
0: boy that hangs out in detention and like has this bad reputation for eating frogs and weird shit like that
1: like (laughs) not you you were like a hardcore christian that well and you know early freshman brennan was not yet a hardcore christian so but you know i I always wanted to be a bad boy adam okay well,
0: <laughs> um, the budget for this movie was 13 million they box office 60 so they did they did pretty well but uh i think now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show
1: oh man brennan's
0: bad synopsis
1: Ow. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm definitely going to butcher this, even though I watched this movie quite recently. I think I've watched this movie quite recently, multiple times, actually. It's like it's I don't know where I forget where it's streaming. It must be Disney Plus or something like that. Uh, and it's a it's a go to now for my my daughter, Ivy. But I'm going to I'm still just going to kill this because I don't yeah, it's a movie I, for like nine year old girls. I could see why Ivy likes it. <laughs> well, Ivy's seven. So I don't think she should be watching this, but you know, there's a
0: lot of there actually is a lot of sexual innuendo in it for Ivy. Yeah, it's
1: probably yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think it's probably mostly over her head. It has to be, I would imagine. But so the movie is about um two sisters uh who are played by Julia Stiles and Alyssa... uh is Alyssa is it Larissa? Sorry, now I'm mis- losing her name. Larissa. Larissa. Okay, is I mean that's my that's my mother-in-law stepmother in laws name, and so I, it's really throwing me off. So. The movie takes place in Seattle. It's about two sisters, Julia Cat, Julia Stiles, and Larissa Lehnick, who is I don't what's her name Adam Um, Bianca. Bianca, and they are, man, they're like I said, they're sisters. Um, They go to high school together, and and Julia Stiles' character Cat is this kind of a, a recluse. She's very smart, but she doesn't really have any friends, and. And, but Larissa Lenick uh, Bianca and I'll try to say their character names uh, Bianca is like uh, the, the popular girl in school she is cute she's bubbly she has a lot of friends
0: she has one friend
1: well she has more I think she has they introduced us to like one friend that's true uh, yeah you're right um but every like guy kind of held her up on the on a pedestal at school and like every guy wanted to date her and but they're her the cat and Bianca's dad would not allow them to date. And so they, the the dad implements a rule because Bianca really wants to start dating or go on a date. He says, well, you can start dating when your sister starts dating. And so obviously since cat is so unattractive and a terrible human being, that's never going to happen. But the, this, the, this whole thing gets kind of started because there's other men kind of fighting over uh, Bianca's... And that is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and then some creepy guy who's like a model.
0: Joey, he's like a rich kid model with money.
1: Yeah, and so like Joey is is trying to date her. I think Bianca really wants to date Joey, but then Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of steps in. He's a new kid in at the school and he, he really wants to date her, but he has like the... He figures out how to like get this all to happen by like convincing. This is where I kind of need help. This is because it's kind of complicated. Like he convinces Heath Ledger to basically pays him to try to date Cat, and at the same time he's trying to date Bianca. But at the same, but also Joey's involved too. Like, is Joey the money money behind this all? David Crumholtz. Okay, thank you. Joseph Gordon little
0: friend comes up with this scheme to get Joey to pay Heath Ledger to take Kat out. Yep. And once Kat's dating, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has the
1: opportunity to ask Bianca out. That's right. So that's where this all kind of go- kind of goes. And there's a lot that happens with all this, and I really don't want to go down the Brennan rabbit hole of trying to explain everything that happens in this movie. because there's that's kind a- of the segment we're in. We might as well change it to Brennan's bad rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, there's many things that happen like so julia styles cat falls for this like she will go on a date with heath ledger he convinces her but there's a lot of like turmoil with that because like she doesn't really want to date him it kind of all peaks at like a not peaks but something happens at a party Uh, like they all are at this party that's uh is it booby Lowenstein, boogie Lowenstein's uh nba party matt matt uh, like uh whatever future nba party It sounds like I'm saying NBA, but like, so Kat goes to this party. She gets really drunk. She hits her head and Heath Ledger saves her kind of by keeping her up because she has a concussion, a very apparently like if she goes to sleep, she's going to die from Two-hour concussion, convenient for movie (laughs) plots. That's true. (laughs) And then this kind of opens up the opportunity because she agrees to go on a date with Heath Ledger. This opens it up for Joey and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character to then go date Bianca. This is so bad. (laughs) Yay. But there's a, but like, there's, I feel like the ending of this movie, basically what happens is that Cat ends up finding out that Heath Ledger was being paid this entire time. And, but really what happens is like Heath Ledger also falls in love with Cat And so they really do love each other. But at the same time, it's one of those classic kind of miss, what am I, what, where, where, like, it's like, oh my God.
0: This is, this is the bad this rabbit is a, hole. This
1: is a bad rabbit hole. But yeah, it is, they ended up, she and they end up falling in love. Joseph Gordon levitt and Bianca end up, dating i guess and then the movie ends but there it ends with like a tearful like poem that be, uh god damn it this is good the movie ends with cat reading a a poem that she wrote about how about the 10 things she hates about heath ledger but really she doesn't hate heath ledger at all and they all ride off into the sunset and go about dating each other
0: do you ever go to like open mic night at a comedy club and you just see people like bomb? Yeah. Sort of, that's sort of what Burnin's bad rabbit hole is like. It's like there's somebody on the mic and they're like sputtering and they're not getting any reaction, but they've got five more minutes and they're just standing there, like <laughs> sweating. And you're yeah. just kind of like, like, stare, like you can't look away, like it's a car crash. Like yeah. it's not exactly funny, but you, you want to watch it because you're watching them just like scream.
1: I feel like people are, like, listening to this, too, and they're like, man, I don't even – I still don't even understand what this movie's about. Even if you, like – Yeah, he made me do this movie, and he can't even tell you what it's about. Well, like, I feel like the plot is just, like, there's a lot going on in the plot, but there's not enough – there's not that much going on. It's just, like, there's a weird – there's a weird love triangle. Yeah.
0: So-and-so loves so-and-so, but they love so-and-so. And And if so-and-so could do this, so-and-so could do that. That's, like, every Shakespeare plot ever.
1: Yeah and it's based off of uh it, i'm not sure which the taming of the true i've never well i've never seen taming of the true i don't really i don't know that story at all so they've never made a good adaptation of taming of the true but i guess this is it right this is it
0: this is the one that you've seen
1: <laughs> um, this is literally the good adaptation that you like that you picked you just said they've never made it this is the one you said you like is this what well, is this considered a, like a, a true adaptation yes you know like this the, is the adaptation you just said you've never seen you know like i'm thinking of like the shakespeare version where they're like doing all the this like is the shakespeare <laughs>
0: he's not shakespeare
1: i mean, I oh i didn't know, realize shakespeare wrote this screenplay
0: no but that's why so many of cats lines are so fucking terrible mm. they're like they're like crisscrossing shakespearean like snubs with like 19 late 90s like white girl disses it's just it's oh it's wretched at times
1: oh wretched i think that word's used in the movie a, a couple times i like the word <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a shakespeare story and it's about that what i just what i just uh, described about love are you done yeah <laughs> i'm done Jesus, man
0: that was flounder i don't We're know what's wrong with me rabbit hole flounder session no Okay, uh, characters. <laughs> Let's move on to characters in the movie. Heath, Heath Ledger as um. So this was kind of his star-making role. He was in some Irish show called Roar, Australian Vera show. F- he plays an Irish knight, so I figured it was Irish. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Vera Farmiga's in that. I don't know anybody else. He went on to do the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson, which is a really terrible movie. If anybody remembers The Patriot, <laughs> <laughs> like Revolutionary War, it's sort of like this this. It was sort of like this pre everyone thinks Mel Gibson is racist version of Mel Gibson, but he was he wasn't quite likable at the time. I don't know. Mm. Then he went on, did a Knight's Tale, then Broke Back Mountain and then Joker before his death in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Patrick is like this. Um, He's the bad kid at school. He's this broke rebel smoker, anti-authority, anti-authority kid with a bad reputation. And kids are like talking about him and they're afraid of him and they don't want to go up to him because they he might hurt them or something. But he's really just like one of those kids in class that's in all this in high school that's like in shop and he's in like I don't know study hall yeah. and he just hangs out and smokes and he does the minimum possible and then you never see him again until one day he's like unloading your shit at Home Depot like that's that's kind of the character that he is um mm. they never really say so he he gets approached by this rich model kid and we've got the drop for that look i can't take out her sister until cat starts dating you see, their dad's whacked out. He's got this this rule where the girls are. That's all... a touching story. It really is, not my problem. So the rich kid propositions him, <laughs> and he convinces him to do it. At some point, they never really say why he needs the money to date Kate, which I think is a pretty big plot hole. So he doesn't he doesn't have any clear stakes. Like, why is he doing this? Why does he need mm. to do this? He he originally he's he sells out for thirty fucking dollars. Like, doesn't he have any self-respect? <laughs> Thirty bucks to date some girl? Like, and it never says why he needs the money. So it's like, why does he care? Why does he get roped into this plot at all? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. The rich asshole kid, like, keeps pre-paying him for dates because they like keep going wrong or something. He keeps like upping the price, and the rich kid just keeps paying it. And it's like, why does Heath Ledger even follow through any this? He already has the money. He can just beat up that rich kid. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense why he continues to work so hard and try so hard and, and serenade this fucking girl to get her attention when he's just after like a couple of dollars that doesn't even explain why he needs. Mm. He's got this bad Australian accent. He could not do an American accent. So they just wrote a line into the movie saying that he moved here from Australia, which is like a totally extraneous dialogue line. They added like shooting script. They're like, we, we need to explain why this fucking kid sounds weird. <laughs> and then at the time this movie came out like 1999, Did girls think Heath Ledger's good-looking? I think he's kind of
1: weird-looking. Is that just me? I think it's, like, he has a certain, like, look to him that is very, like... He's very handsome, and he's very, like, he... he has this a mis- like, a he's very mysterious. And I think that's like kind of how they paint him in this movie is that he's a very mysterious, like, and they kind of like, I think, I don't know all the lines, but there's, like, David Krumholtz says like all these things that he's like done and like, that he like murdered some people, like murdered his parents and like, you know, like fake rumors that aren't true. And like, he's just, like Heath Ledger's character is very much this—he's misunderstood. Like everyone thinks he's this mean guy, but really he—he he has a soft side to him as well. But you, you bring up a good point about him. Like, why does he do this? Like, it, I think you know what's funny is like I think it would make a lot more sense why he would do it if Julia Stiles was like. Drop Dead Gorgeous was also, like, someone to pursue. But, like, they never really explain like, why he should be pursuing her other than, like, yeah, like, and if it was for money, they should have, like, um, upped the ante to, like, a $1,000 or something, like, to make it seem interesting. Give us a reason that he needs the fucking money. Like, his car broke down and it's in the shop and he needs
0: to fix it. Give us some fucking motive for him. He's chasing this bitchy five-head girl. (laughs) She's totally obnoxious and rude to him. And he's getting all of 30
1: fucking dollars the first time.
0: Like, why does he keep trying? It doesn't make any sense.
1: And he also, the money's also to go on the date. Like it's not only is he like, they're just paying him to go on the date, which doesn't make much sense either. So, but he does, he does save all the money though. And then ends up buying cat, a guitar in the end, which is very sweet. You of a five. Men. Why don't you do her? Um, yeah, let's do uh Julia styles. This she's cat. She is, uh, this is a star making role for her. Uh, was uh, the daughter in Devil's Own and later on went to be in Save the Last Dance and other girly stuff. And she was on Dexter for a little bit. I know we don't really talk about what they've done recently, but like, yeah, like Julia Style was she kind of I think this and Save the Last Dance is kind of what she's mostly known for among a couple of other roles in the like early 2000s.
0: I imagine you've seen Save the Last Dance a number of times and could do that one, too.
1: Um, yeah, but that was in the 2000s, Adams. So we can't do that yet. Um, until we become the Two Thousand Brothers, that one just doesn't roll at all. We'd have to go through all the '80s first. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that that doesn't. Her character is very like we've mentioned; she's very she's, she's the cliche bitchy girl. Yeah, she got
0: used one time, and now she hates all guys and treats everybody like shit.
1: But it is funny; like she does get like the one the way that like Heath Ledger kind of like sweeps her off her feet is like he's really into. Indie rock from like women. I'm not saying lesbian indie indie rock, but that's what you've said, and I don't want to say that, but that's what it is. <laughs> like indie rock, like the Lilith Fair, you know, like um, Alanis Morissette. Like this is what she was into was like in very like moody, like singer songwriter or rock music from from women. Um, and Heath Ledger knows all about it. He's not even really into it. He just like gets told she's into it and
0: he learns a couple of stupid facts about it so he can trick her. Knows how to sell himself though. I guess. I, I said this earlier. Her dialogue, Kat's dialogue, is so bad in this movie sometimes. Mm. It is just so unnatural. Like, there's one point where she goes, like, remove head from Sphincter. And just it's <laughs> Remove head from Sphincter. Like, I swear she like didn't I, I- her lines don't work to me. Like I said, some of it's like leftover Shakespeare lines, but it's like it's like kind of mishmashed with modern insults. It's just mm. she doesn't deliver it very well. I don't know. I, I hate it. And uh, I got to say this. I think Julia Stiles is butt ugly, like <laughs> butt fucking ugly, but fugly. She's got these beady little gremlin eyes and these like creepy malformed teeth that look like they want to like bite you like she's oh just she's so ugly. How did she get this role? You are not Larissa Oleynik's sister. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, I, there's so many people from the late '90s that could have played this part over her, and I don't understand why they cast her. because, like, you're right. Looking at her like filmography, like she didn't do much that like would get her this role. Like someone really wanted to put her in this role. Was this like directed by her father or like someone like that she knew? Because like it doesn't seem like this would be the right cat like casting oh, for cat. Turned it down was um. Goldie Hawn's daughter, Kate Bosworth. Oh, Kate Hudson. Or Kate Hudson, sorry. Either of those two would have... Well, I guess Kate Bosworth would have probably been too young at the time, but Kate Hudson One would have been... Hawn's daughter was offered the role, and Goldie Hawn read the script and thought it was, quote, stupid. and <laughs> She was right. This movie would be, I would say, probably 10 times better with Kate Hudson in it, though. I totally agree. I, I, I'm just not sold on Kat in this
0: movie, like, at all. For like, sure. What, why, what is so appealing about her that to make this weird you know,
1: derelict kid 180 for her for 30 bucks. (laughs) And like, why doesn't she want to date? I don't know. Maybe I guess that's a normal thing for.
0: She got used by the
1: kid. Oh, that's right. I forgot that there's a backstory with Joey and her. And that's why used one
0: time. And now she hates all men and doesn't want to date ever again. And that was like three years ago. We've got a good. People perceive you as somewhat tempestuous. Heinous bitch is the term used most often.
1: She's a heinous bitch. She really is. And that's a good example of her like she uses a lot of big words too. Like she's like that really like stuck up girl who just like yeah. would just use big words, was not nice to people and, and everyone's like, Why why is that why is she so mean? Like there were there was multiple girls like this in school. I remember No, we won't name names, but yeah. They've grown up to be nice women, but um they were they were heinous bitches in high school. But Allison Janney who is amazing in this movie for like the three scenes that she's in.
0: I always get her confused with the woman from, um, hereditary.
1: Oh yeah. I could see that. I don't know what her name, I can't think of her name
0: off the top of my head, but so the next main character is Joseph Gordon Levitt. And, uh, at this point he had done angels in the outfield a couple years earlier. And at this time he was on third rock from the sun. A couple years later, he would go on to do the movie brick, which I love and mm-hmm. which would made love him. Um, and then his little partner in crime in this movie is David Krumholtz who we've covered a number of times on our show. He was in the *Adam's Family Values movie. He was in the movie The Santa Claus. He was in the movie Slums of Beverly Hills. Mm. And their names are Cameron and Michael. And they sort of like buddy up together with the principal goal being for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to go on a date with Bianca. Yeah. And David Krumholtz is like the guy that knows the ins and outs of the school and how to get it done. And he's helping Joseph Gordon-Levitt presumably because he wants to be his friend. He wants to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt's, like, friend because he's the new kid and he thinks he's kind of cool. But while he's trying to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend at one point, he, like, snubs his A.V. friends. Which <laughs> I thought was kind of kind of fucked up. Like, hey, those guys were there before he,
1: Joseph Gordon-Levitt got here. Yeah, that is, kind of, that is kind of fucked up. And, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't really offer much as a friend. He's, like, really – all he cares about is, like, trying to date Bianca, which I guess is, like, a thing that he probably, you know – it's really trying hard to, to do, but like it is a really like, w- weird relationship. David Crumwold's getting out of this relationship. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not like Joseph Gordon Levitt's popular and he's getting in with the popular kids. It's just like oh. it's just a yeah, it's an interesting character.
0: It's it's another one of those things that there's like no stakes. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, um, so anyway, Joseph Gordon Levitt's the new kid at school. Brennan said he so he immediately and this was me, by the way, he immediately targets the hottest, most unattainable girl there, Larissa Melanick. <laughs> and for some reason David Crummel's helps him JGL his character is kind of the straight man like he's fundamental to the plot but he doesn't make a lot of waves and mm. he doesn't he doesn't particularly have a lot of impactful moments
1: in this movie he has one of the the best lines in the movie i don't i didn't pull it but like it's something that i say and I, abby says all the time where he's like he's like and i'm back in the game like I, me and abby quote that regularly I don't think that's a quote,
0: really. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't say it, but I'm back in the game is like an expression.
1: I guess you're right, but I feel like it was made famous from this movie.
0: I think they've been saying I'm back in the game since like the 1920s.
1: Mm. And I'm back in the game, said Charlie Chaplin. (laughs) <laughs> on a silent film
0: <laughs> the last character is my my elementary school crush larissa olenek she she'd only ever did alex Mack, the secret World of alex Mack, it's a crappy nickelodeon show that really sucks actually when you rewatch it and then she was also in third rock from the sun at the same time and she plays the girl bianca and we've got a funny drop between her and her dad you want to know what's unfair this is for you two this morning i delivered a set of twins to a 15 year old girl do you know what she said to me I'm a crack whore who should have made my skeezy boyfriend wear a condom. I like the word skeezy.
1: Should bring skeezy back. That is a good, that's not a, a terrible word. What What are your impressions on her? I mean, obviously we all loved her, but her character is very, at, at the beginning of the movie, she's very, they play her off as ve- being very dumb. And then at the end of the movie, she's like played off as being kind of smart. And it's kind of a weird, her character is just kind of weird because it's just like a bunch of guys like trying to like fight over her. And she doesn't really do much other than like, show up and be fought over or try to be wooed, which I guess is probably like the Shakespeare thing. But like,
0: I don't know. At least she's pretty. At least I can imagine guys fighting over her in high school. Unlike five head styles.
1: <laughs> God, I hate, the, I hate the word five head. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I, I like Laura. So she was super pretty. It's why I went and saw this stupid
1: movie when I was like 14. Who did you see? You, you saw us with your sister, correct? Yeah. And like, I, we didn't really talk about our our initial impressions of it. But did you hate this movie when it came out?
0: Um, I thought it was standard high school fare. I certainly wasn't impressed. Right. Like uh, it was just like, oh, another one of those stupid high school movies. It's I I thought I thought I always thought it was better than like the really the girl the slightly girlier versions of the same plot. Like she's all that. Mm. Right. Like the the ones where the the girl gets made over. Like and suddenly she's pretty. All those stupid high school movies. I think it's better than Can't Hardly Wait, and some other of those
1: late '90s high school era. The high school m- movie was this like this is like peak high school music movie. I feel like. I mean, w- when you gave me the options, it was like Ten Things I Hate About You or uh, the other high school movie that came out in 1999, uh, American Pie. And so like of the two, I I, I don't. This one I was always just drawn to more than the than American Pie. Um, so, and I, and I had to be because of the, how much I wanted to be dating someone or be in love when I was, when I was that age. (laughs) God, you're such a dork. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) So that last
0: cut, the last audio cut, Larissa Olenek was talking to her dad, who's a, an actor named Larry Miller, who I am obsessed with. Um, Larry Miller, uh, was in the movie, the nutty professor. He was in the movie Necessary Roughness as the dean. He's in all those like Christopher Guest mockumentaries, like best in show and stuff. He's like a super funny dude. You know, he's just a little comic relief. He's probably doesn't have more than five screen minutes where he comes and goes, says something witty, than leaves. He's
1: always kind of just cautioning the girls not to get pregnant and stuff like that. Anybody else in the cast you want to talk about? We already mentioned Allison Janney. Uh, there's not really anyone else. Like, I mean, I guess Gabrielle Union or Gabrielle Union is in the movie for a little bit. She plays Bianca's... Um, hot friend she's one of two black people in this movie which were obviously cast so it wasn't an all-white cast but there's a lot of black people in tacoma where this movie was shot by the way Many
0: opportunities is my point to the casting director right the other black person in this movie is that black
1: teacher what's his what's his actor's name looking at the imdb it's isn't it, is he he's a comedian but yeah, he's a comedian. He's a younger guy, he's maybe 30 in this movie ish.
0: Daryl Mitchell. Yeah. I actually like I actually like him as an actor and as a comedian, but I think his character is really really stupid in this movie. He's like really antagonistic with Cat all time and he says things that teachers would never say. And I just find him to be, I don't know, just really over the top and annoying.
1: Yeah, he was really annoying when when he sends Cat to like talk to Alice and Janie to the the counselor the first time cat gets like sent there for no reason at all other than like he just doesn't like her and i'm like well that's problematic you can't just like there's a lot of stuff
0: like that in this movie that's like stuff that would never really happen but it's trying to be funny so you're trying to kind of blur reality just a touch yeah and that that can work i don't find that it does all the times in this movie but yeah
1: but anyway i mean yeah there's not really other many other people to mention uh in the movie yeah i mean that other than the the main cast i mean obviously we talked about joey quite a little bit but like played by andrew keegan but like i don't i found out that andrew keegan started like a cult oh really
0: yeah um in like 2014 he started some sort of like sort of like hinduism cult and uh he got busted for like serving kombucha to teens oh god just stupid (laughs) that is stupid
1: but you want to get into the, the your favorite
0: scenes adam yeah, you brought up Bogey Lowenstein's MBA only part or future MBA party, which I obviously like because I was a future MBA in high school. Although I did not relate to those kids. I mean, they're all like sitting around, like, eating breeches and wearing sweater vests. And he's like handing out cigars for them all to smoke, and they're like listening to classical music. Like, that's not what MBAs are like. That was like chess club kids. You right? know,
1: like I, and now you think about like people that get their nba like now or like back when we were like in high school i'm like everyone i know that got nba save for a couple people like you adam we're all like they're all kind of like douchebags <laughs> yeah we're douchebags we're not nerds yeah there's like <laughs> a big difference uh These guys were like, these guys should be been thrown like a science party or something. I don't know, like uh, future like scientist party. I'll tell you, there's a lot of misconception about MBAs. First of all, we're always the villain in like every Hallmark Christmas movie.
0: It's like (laughs) the girl's original boyfriend is some dick MBA who just bought like a children's hospital. And he's closing it down because he can get 3% profit if he like sells it on Christmas Eve and like kicks everybody out. (laughs) And his biggest problem is that
1: he just doesn't get Christmas. <laughs> the lead up to this, trying to throw a party, and the it's kind of a trick to get Bianca to the party is because like they what happens is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and David Kromholtz, they print off a bunch of flyers and then drop them down this like the stairwell and people are like catching it or is this a different movie?
0: No, that's the movie. I'm always like, how many floors are in this high school? <laughs> right, it makes it like this high school is like eight floors.
1: And so basically, this NBA party turns into like a kegger. It, the party's crashed and all this shit starts happening and then like and cat ends up going because i think she has to go to take bianca <laughs> one of the funny scenes before this too is when the dad's like telling uh bianca you should wear it like he has like a, a belt like a, a pregnant lady belly to like for people like to try it out he's like just walk around the room a couple times <laughs> He, like, makes his daughters wear
0: the pregnant suit before they go out (laughs) so they know what they're risking, which is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Like, this, like, big 40-pound beer belly thing that he, like, straps on her. So, yeah, the the flyers say, like, future NBA party, like, bring cigars or something, and they change it to, saying free beer. And they make a bunch of copies, and they, like, paper the school, and then, like, all these people show up. But, like, like... In high school, like, it doesn't matter if it said free beer or not. If it was Bogey Lowenstein's party, and it does say that on the flyer, nobody's fucking going. They
1: don't like bogey, right? I I guess. I Honestly, Adam, I've never went to a traditional high school party. Wow. Uh, Which I found out existed. Um, So I was not invited, and I never went to one, so... But uh, the the flyers also say free beer, and everybody shows up with kegs
0: and shit. It's like these moochier high schoolers. Where would they get all this alcohol? Aren't they showing up for the free
1: beer? Uh, yeah, that that was always a question I had too. Is like all these, they just show up in droves, and they're yeah, they're all bringing kegs, they're all bringing other thing. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense.
0: So one of the questions I put in the show notes is, have you ever thrown a party that's gotten mm-hmm. way out of hand? And based on your response just now, that you've never really even been invited to one of these party. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you probably have not had been throwing a party where something like that happened.
1: I okay, I haven't never thrown a party where it's gotten out of hand like that. Not in high school, but I never. And I'm trying to think of like even like as a young adult, like throwing a party and then having people there added that like you you didn't want there or too many. Like I've never I've never been to a party like that. I've never really thrown one either. So
0: in um we were 16 or 17. I was staying in Olympia in the summer, and my buddy Glenn was house sitting for some church friends of his parents mm. and we told the guys and they told the guys and they told the guys and and like this happened to us like we were we, he was house sitting, so we were at this vacant house like hanging out and seriously like when the night started we had like you know like fucking like nintendo 64s out and shit. And by the end of the night there was like 50 people and shit got stolen and girls were like crying in the corner and we didn't know anybody was and Glenn spent the whole night trying to get everybody to leave and um, then they showed up again the next night. Oh, and my God. Glenn had, to, Glenn had to tell him to go home because stuff got stolen. He wasn't throwing a party. And then, of course, the neighbors of the of the house ratted him out. Like, of course, the of neighbors course. saw this and told the actual homeowners when they got back. So Glenn had to pay the piper like a couple. <laughs> oh, man. home and his dad found out about it. And my sister threw a party like this, too, I guess, at our house when me and my parents were
1: out of town. Hmm, you know what? Now that I think about it. I was in a in high school, but I had a babysitter. My parents were out of town. They like went I think they went to Walla Walla with some friends. We had babysitters watch us overnight and these high school girls threw a hum, like a pretty big party at my parents' house. And but I wasn't really <laughs> I pretty young. I was probably like 8 or 9 at the time and they like kind of like put us in our rooms and like we like I went to bed and like but there was a party happening in our house and like my parents had like a lot of alcohol and i remember the the girl like that my parents definitely like told on her and like said like and she never babysitted us, babysat us again oh yeah not after that <laughs> right pretty typical yeah
0: so the next scene why don't you do the next scene
1: because i fucking hate it the next popular scene <laughs> obviously one of my <laughs> favorite scenes is when obviously heath ledger uh serenades cat on the soccer field if this podcast was called 10 things I hate about this movie this would be number 1. <laughs> you and it's funny you cringe every time when this happens and I just think it's like I don't I think it's just very it's fu- it's kind of funny it's a little endearing. I think Heath Ledger's probably his best moment in the film that like kind of shows his like personality. Is he a singing dancer type because he was like a play with switchblade and eat frogs
0: type. Like, they they completely 180 him.
1: He's misunderstood, Adam. He really wants to be a showman, and he wants to be on Broadway. Sing show tunes in his room. (laughs) You know what's the weird part about this scene? Cops show up to arrest him. Hey, you! No singing! (laughs) Well, you know, that is funny. Not funny! Stupid! Why are are people arresting him? What is he doing? You're not doing anything wrong. You're right. But let, let me play you a clip of the serenade. Oh! He hey, he has some so, pipes on him.
0: You know the the script called for him to sing that "I Touch Myself" song instead. Oh, weird! On the day of, Heath Ledger asked if they could do this instead, and they agreed. Is what how the story goes?
1: Well, that you know what now that I think about it, that makes so much more sense for him to sing that because that's like a a song that like cat would have liked. Maybe make more sense why the police officers are chasing him singing that song because he's like talking about touching himself.
0: Yeah. I- I don't know. To have sing this, it felt really strange. It's it's just an odd choice to me. And I, like I said, it's cringe every time. I just hate public spectacles, stuff like this. Why do women love this scene so much, Brennan? Why do you think? Is it that they care more about somebody making a public spectacle and
1: everybody knows it's for them?
0: I, I swear they care more about that than the actual guy who does it.
1: I think they, I, every, women who pine over this type of thing, they dream of being serenaded or they dream of like someone like sweeping them off their feet and um, doing something like this for them. Like, it's like the getting proposed to like, it's like the spectacle of it. And like, I don't, yeah, there's something about it that some women just really, really love.
0: All right. Well, if there was a girl and we we'll, just, just to stay away from being too harsh about anything, let's just say on the one to 10 scale of looks, she was like a one or a two. If she doesn't matter, if she sings your favorite song. Doesn't matter if it, she's the best performance ever. Like, if you're not attracted to her, like, you're not into this. You're like, oh God, this is awkward. Like, I don't like this girl, right? Like, you're not, you're not, you're not changed by a serenade, are you?
1: I mean, I'm not. But you're into this kind of thing. I mean, yeah. You know, one time a one or a two serenaded you? No. Well, one time in high school, this girl asked me to go to City Hawkins in front of everybody in a class that I was at I had not started dating Abby yet I was like I had to say, I had to say yes to her I felt like I had to say yes to her cuz she like oh yeah you have to publicly yeah, like, and then you pull up aside me like no fucking way what are you doing like I don't know you I don't like you you're like a you know
0: we're not we're not a thing
1: yeah and that and that girl was she's was a little strange um I won't lie and oh god you got to say the name I forget what her I honestly her name was Jamie something I don't remember her last name she ended up joining like the like army shortly after high school i don't know her last name uh, I ha- i'd have to get out a yearbook and find her but yeah it was um that was cringe so yeah did you go to the dance with her i did yeah and was it was it awkward there was part of me that like it was awkward to get invited to go to the dance with her but it was also like very flattering at the same time to be asked to go to sadie hawkins like i had never gone to sadie hawkins my entire high school career it was the first time i'd ever been asked because you know sadie hawkins for those who don't know is when the girl invites the guy to the dance. So I had never been invited and that was nice. But and I had a fun time at the dance and going out to dinner and all that stuff. But yeah, but she was also a very kind of strange girl. So, well, she like did this whole like spectacle for you. Did you put out? I really don't want to talk about that on the podcast. Did you give her what she paid for. The funny thing is we ended up going to her house afterwards and like watching yeah? and watching swordfish back to her basement and she like no one's around right like she's scurried everyone else out of the house
0: she's got the candles lit she's public smitten you. had this beautiful night yeah she brings you back home and nothing happens
1: well no she did she tried to make her move on me at, oh at, she made she, the, move. she did right, no like move? she did her she, she yawned and put her arm <laughs> well, he, well she, no she like was like trying to like have sex with me like i oh. yeah like we kind of kissed but i was like i didn't really want to kiss her cuz like i had never <laughs> really kissed a girl before but she was being <laughs> really aggressive like kissing me. oh my god and like i was just like but she also had like really bad breath and i was like oh no. and i'm just like i i need to go i have to leave i gotta get out of this situation right now so i like i literally like like i gotta go like because this is like not what i wanted to do i did not like i definitely didn't want to have sex with her um wait was nobody home no, it, her dad was not there. She, like, lived by herself with her dad.
0: She had chased her dad out of the house that night so you could bone her, and she'd taken you out this was a romantic, magical evening, and you got turned off by her bad breath.
1: I just didn't find her that attractive. Like, okay. and she was being very aggressive. Like, I, you know, I, this never me before, Adam. <laughs> I
0: mean, is forward. Yeah. And then, like,
1: you, you rejected her, and she went and joined the fucking military. Well, you know what's funny is after that, like, she kind of disappeared in high school. I honestly think I might have like... She could be dead. No, I don't think she's dead. But I think she m- might have been... I think I might have like rejected her and she might have like took it the wrong way. <laughs> what way was she supposed to take it? I think she was supposed to take it as like... Well, I, and yeah, you're right. She took it the right way, but she yeah. took it the way she like... I, I'm embarrassed and I can't show my face around this guy at school anymore. It'd be pretty embarrassing to get rejected by you oh god please adam <laughs> just kidding <laughs> wow i never heard that full story before
0: thank you that's yeah, good i wish i knew this Janie person
1: jamie i'll um find her i think that's her name i, I honestly we're gonna find out later we're gonna find um, out
0: so there's this big dance at the end like every fucking high school movie there's usually like a big dance at the end everyone pairs up the band called Save Ferris shows up to remind Kat that her only true weakness is a guy who pretends to like her shitty music, which is Heath Ledger getting this band to talk to her. David Crumholtz is there and he gets his like nerdy LARPing cosplay girl to go on a, like a Shakespearean pairing with him. It's this girl that really hasn't been introduced. She just kind of hangs around Kat the whole time. She's kind of pretty, but it's like, oh, we'll both be weird LARPers together. Then the asshole rich kid, he takes Bianca's hot friend Chastity to the dance, mm. which is fine. It's like Bianca's like said no to you at this point, right? Like what's what's wrong with any of that? And um, the rich kid like punches out Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then Lorsa Olenek like runs in and punches him and knees the rich kid in the nads. And I really thought that it would have been cooler if Joseph Gordon-Levitt or even Heath Ledger had like punched out this rich asshole. Mm. Like when a, when a woman punches out a dude – It's it's typically a pretty one sided contest because there's there's no honor in fighting back, so I don't really celebrate it. But Mm. I could celebrate the idea of Joseph Gordon Levitt having his big moment where he punches out this this rich asshole.
1: Yeah, what do you think? I mean, honestly, in the in the world of like where we always like the man always saves the day, like I I like that it's Bianca doing it instead of Joseph Gordon Levitt because like I honestly don't find Joseph Gordon Levitt that like in this movie to be very strong or very like he's going to save the day anyways. Like he kind of, he's kind of weak in this movie. And so it's kind of, I like that Bianca does it because Bianca also does it because kind of before this, like cat tells her all about what Joe, like how Joey kind of screwed with her. And then like that made Bianca even more upset. And I think she was like kind of on a mission to like this punch out Joey. Cause he's such a fucking creep. I agree. I think it would have
0: worked best with Heath Ledger because his character, you could kind of see doing that. But that's anyway, that's one of my thoughts. Yeah, um, for
1: sure.
0: Let's get into the production history. So the screenplay was written by this writing pair of Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith. They did some pretty popular movies like this around this time. They went on to do Legally Blonde, She's the Man, which my wife likes for some reason, and the movie The House Bunny, um, which are all very much of the same flavor, but you know, very popular female-driven comedies. Of, of that decade. Mm. Um, then obviously we said the, the screenplay is based on source material from William Shakespeare. Um, and it's called The Taming of the Shrew. If anybody's interested in checking it out. Do you like Shakespeare?
1: I like Romeo and Juliet. The the Baz Luhrmann film. I don't, we haven't done that yet, I don't believe. But yeah, I don't really, I don't go out of my way to see Shakespeare. I don't really care for it. I like, I really just like Romeo and Juliet.
0: I'm not a big fan myself. I've done it a couple of times on the stage. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just not really for me. Is all I'll say, I don't like hate it or anything, but I certainly don't love it. And I find the plots to be very convoluted and very, t- I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but they're very talky like it, they're just a lot of dialogue about nothing mm. like all. The time. There, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things that don't matter in Shakespeare a lot. Yeah. So the movie was directed by I don't know how to say it's either Gil Younger or Junger. I'm not I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, so, Gill was mostly a TV show director in the 90s, and he directed like a lot of shows that you've seen, like every high school show. Like 902 and O? Yeah, 902 and O, any of those. He, okay. he did episodes of them. Um, and so he was very busy as a TV director. And this was his film debut as hmm. a director. And he only directed a few other films after this. He did the movie Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. And some shitty Jennifer Love Hewitt romantic movie called If Only that I've never heard of, but um, Black Knight was actually kind of funny. I saw it like on DVD or something back when I was like 20. I thought it was okay. Yeah, The movie we said was shot largely in Tacoma, which is just south of Seattle. So you could see the Space Needle in the background, Um, but they're actually not in Seattle. That's just across the bay where you can see it. They're in Tacoma. And Stadium High School is this really cool actual high school right on the water in Tacoma, and they did a lot of, you know, live shots there with with the bay in the background. I think that's I think that's Puget Sound. It's it's a really cool location. One thing they did was that they kept the taming of the True Girls names, which were Kat and Bianca, but they rightly threw out all the super lame old Shakespearean dude names, which are fucking terrible, like Petruchio, Grumio. <laughs> Hortensio, Baptista.
1: Like, why were dude names so horrible back then? That is weird. Uh, they they give one, like, a little call to Shakespeare with naming Heath Ledger's character Patrick Verona. Um, but yeah, that is that is funny.
0: Dumb shit. All right, so, I mean, I I haven't, obviously I haven't, I don't love this movie, just talks a lot of little shit. But here's some of the dumbest shit. The premise of the movie is that Bianca can only date when Cat does, Right. Right. But neither of them are currently dating in the beginning, right? Yeah. I think Bianca wants to date. Right? Yeah. So why does the dad have to change the rule at all? What makes the dad change? I don't know. I mean, I think. No, the answer is nothing other than Bianca asks if she can go on a date. And he goes, okay, even though I have a rule that's working right now and keeps you both not dating,
1: here's a new rule. You can date when Kat does, which is an I, opportunity. I kind of took that as like. Well, there's no way cat's gonna start dating so like this is never gonna happen so no one's dating because it's it's a fake rule that we made that i make because like cats are not gonna date had a firm foolproof rule that said neither of you are allowed to
0: date <laughs> like the rule works you don't you don't need to come up with some stupid little fake th- and again if something had happened
1: right to have him
0: make this deal it would provide some context but nothing happens he just changes the rule for no reason right i i think in screenwriting, we call that a lack of stakes. Like mm. you, you don't have stakes for your motives, yeah. which means you don't understand why people are doing what they're doing. And there's a lot of that in this screenplay. It's 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 a feels like, frankly, an early writer's screenplay. When you when, when you go through it, you think, okay, th- this is probably some of their earlier work. Mm. These women, like these are
1: these are kind of rookie mistakes. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of plot holes in this in this movie. Like we don't they don't really explain well. So. So, uh, here's the dumbest shit in the movie, is that the movie is set in
0: Seattle. Can you guess how many times it rains in the entire movie? I'm going to guess it doesn't rain at all in the movie. There is not a single raindrop in this fucking movie set in Seattle. Do non-Seattle people have any concept of what 300 days of rain looks like? <laughs> I I don't think so. Well, I, I mean... Here's your anecdote, because okay. I lived there for 15 years. Yeah. So, Little League... I was like 11, 12 years old, little league. Yeah. We have a 18 game season. Our final record is one and two. We played three games. The other 15 games rained out the entire playoffs rained out the end of year trophy ceremony where we pat each other on the back rained out. We played three (laughs) games, dude. The rest of the season got rains every fucking day in the spring and the winter and the fall of Seattle. It never stops raining. It but. just rains all the fucking time. It's gray, drizzly rain. It's awful. It's
1: a black pit of hell. Anytime I go there, I always get good weather there. But yeah, it, it, this rains sporadically though. It's not like sometimes it's, but it's not like a constant rain all the time.
0: And that, that 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 is a, that is an important distinction. It's not a downpour. It's a drizzle.
1: It's a gray, ugly drizzle. Yeah.
0: All, like almost every day. Yeah.
1: Uh, You're always
0: wet. Dogs. Are always wet. Your feet are always wet.
1: As we mentioned on the show multiple times though, uh we're me and Adam are Seahawks fans. And do you remember that stat that the Seahawks had for the longest time? Like they played so many straight games at their new field back when it was built. Uh it had not rained in any game that they had played in there. That was kinda of weird. It should they should have had at least a couple of raining scenes, I don't know, maybe with Bianca in it. I don't know. Well
0: <laughs> overall overall, here's my dumbest point. What do you think the messages of this movie, Brennan? God, that's a great what question. Your, your little seven-year-old daughter watches this movie to her little, cute heart content, and and she's adorable. For the
1: listeners, who don't know Ivy, she's such a sweetheart. She literally walks around the house and like tells everyone about how much she loves them and how much. Like she says to me every day, like, "Oh, I love life." <laughs> she like she like, I, like she literally looked at me today and she's like, "I love life." She's just like, or she like to say. I'm happy. And I'm like, why does she go around saying this all the time? Like, she's just like, she's always so happy. She's always easygoing. Like she's very sweet, but I'm just like in like at night, she'll walk into the living room. Me and my Abby will be watching like a show and she like hugs. And I'm like, I mean, I'd be like, what, what the fuck? Like this, go to, go sit down, go watch your, watch your show with Link in the other room. Like we want it, like leave us alone. Yeah. And... How awful of her coming in to give love to her parents. You're <laughs> right? <She's> so, <laughs> so selfish. Gosh, <laughs> there isn't really much of a message except for like, I don't actually, I don't know. Cause it's like, the... there's
0: no message. There's no fucking
1: message. <laughs> I don't know. Like... Let me tell you the message. Money can buy you dates, but if it buys you dates, there's a chance that you might fall in love with that person who might resent you, but then you can still get back with them when you buy them a guitar. So I don't get the point of this movie. I hate this movie. I don't know why Brennan
0: made me do this movie. Like, <laughs> this is just the kind of stuff that Super Nights Bros has a deal with sometimes because Brennan... <laughs> I, the best part of this episode is you and Jamie. Like, Jamie really putting the moves on you. God, I want to know who this Jamie person um, is now.
1: I, 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 I want to play a clip for you because I, I feel like I have to play this clip because it's one of my favorite lines in the movie.
0: I know if you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe.
1: <laughs> I've always I always loved that line. I, I like her response to it too. Like I think you can in Europe. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's why I put it in dumb shit. It's just like the the line is so dumb. Uh but I I'm assuming it's a callback to Shakespeare, but I don't know. I highly doubt that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, listen, if you guys want to reach out to us, super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out, at super90sbrothers on Twitter, at Spokastpods, adampitzler.com, all the social. Chuck us out at Lilac City Comic Con, June 10th and 11th in Spokane, Washington. Come to our booth. Come say hello. Come get a sticker. Come give Brennan a high five.
1: Ruffle his beard with your hand.
0: You have anything else to say, buddy?
1: RIP Heath Ledger. One of the reasons why I really wanted to do this movie is because, and we didn't really get to talk of too much about him, but is I love Heath Ledger. I like when I was actually watching this movie the other night with my kids, I was like looking at his like, th- like filmography and like h- looking at how in 1999, he, this k- movie came out and then 2009, eight, he passed away. Um And like, he was only here in Hollywood for 9 years. I feel like of all the people who have died over the last like 20 years in Hollywood, I think I'm the uh, the most upset about him dying just because I feel like there were so many more movies that he was going to be in that would have been such like his work was just getting so so much better as he got older. This is like our only opportunity to do um, a 90s movie on him cuz it's the only one that he was really in.
0: Like everyone else, I like his performance as Joker in The Dark Knight, but what else is I, I really don't know that anything else really.
1: I just think that... he was like getting like he was getting to the point in his career where he was gonna start doing like because he did I'm Not There, which is a really weird movie, which is like about uh, Bob Dylan and it's played by like three different characters that play Bob Dylan like Kate Blanchett, Christian Bale, and Heath Ledger, and I think there's a couple other actors. But I mean, he was also in like Ned Kelly, which I I, I enjoyed. You're gonna give me crap for this, but I really I really love Brokeback Mountain. crap that movie's actually pretty good and like and that was his breakout role i feel like i mean it's not breakout role but that was like where he was like really like getting into like doing more drama stuff and i think he was just getting there and i i'm just i'm always bummed that he passed away so
0: all right rp heath ledger you were taking too soon. It's for uh, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another Iambic pantametering episode on Super 90s Bros. Ten Things I Hate About You Style. And remember, the next time some rich asshole pays you to take out some girl, take his money, bang the girl, and get your buddy to bang her sister.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someday you're gonna get bitch slapped, and I'm not gonna do a thing to stop. It. Peace. Peace.